All right, today's guest, I am absolutely excited about this one, Mr. Andy Welsh. Andy, how you doing? Really well, do yourself. It's absolutely great to see you today. I haven't seen you since mid-90s. 96. 96. We last skated together. That's it, and we're going to talk about all that. Uh, for the UK guys, I think you're going to be excited hearing who's on. And uh, if he was around in the 80s and early 90s, um, and for everybody else, I think uh, I'm really interested in this story. I'm looking forward to it. Andy Welsh is uh, somebody I looked up to. He was a year older than me. He uh, had an unbelievable career. In 1986, he was UK BMX national number one. He was the European champion. And a couple of weeks after he won the European championships, he won the Slough 1986 IBMXF World Championships from lane eight. So Andy, how you doing? I'm very well, but please don't forget the NBMXA British Championships. You won that as well, didn't you? Yes, because... Yes. I, I, that I, kind of gets left off, doesn't it? It does, because yeah. his dad in called it NBMXA was, wasn't as, as rated as the UK BMX, whereas I totally respected both sides of it, because I knew the people who ran. Yes, and I know you came from that, and we'll talk about that. And I actually just posted a picture of Sean Field, and I think that's a great little thing to talk to, because uh, I think... Another, another legend of the sport, yeah. Yes, big, big and, Sean. and somebody that you his battled. Dad, his dad. Absolutely, Bob. Bob, Bob yeah. Another legend himself. Well, Andy, first of all, you don't do social media. We're really... The BMX world hasn't really heard from you in, you know, since the... 96, you, you, you came back and did a little bit of racing, 95, 96, and nobody's really seen you since. So, um, how are you doing, and what have you been up to? I'm, I'm very well, thank you, Dale. I've um, just been leading my life, uh, grow, growing old gracefully. I have a lovely family, um, a lovely wife, four lovely children. Uh, I just I just work hard and try and exercise a lot. I like to party hard as well, still because it's just it's in my genes. Um, so yeah, no, it's and you still look the same. You still got your hair. You still look <laughs> buff. You do not look fifty-one years old. So. Um, oh, deal, deal. Believe me, I feel 51. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into the start. You started a little bit different to, to a lot of us. You came from Scotland, and uh, you was known at the time for coming down on the train to the UK to race. And uh, tell us all about finding BMX in Scotland and then uh, making your way down to the UK. Well, I found uh, BMX in Scotland because my dad used to do motocross. And we went. I went to watch my dad. Uh, I'm sure he was racing in a place called Irvine. Irvin Sands, and it was, I saw this first time I ever saw a BMX bike, and I thought, oh my, I need, I need to get one of them. And that Christmas, my dad bought me a Huffy Pro Thunder One <laughs> um, with a back pedal brake, you know, and uh, that's how it started, basically. That would have been about 1981, 82? Yes, it was. It was, and I got the bike and just started going to local parks and met up with other boys who just recently got bikes and um, met up with a gang of riders from the sort of um, south side of Glasgow. Where, 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 uh, I can't remember where they're from now. God, you got them on the back foot deal here. <laughs> we used to cycle in a place called Kings Park uh -huh. and go to a jump called the Scoop. And Paul McCracken was the was uh, was the top rider. He was uh, uh, brilliant on a bike. He um, his father used to then take us to Falkirk to race in the back of his Volkswagen van with um, a few other lads. And Is that Scotia? No, it was before Scotia. Yeah, and then, yeah I forgot about yeah, Scotia. And um, a while later, uh, yeah, I got, I got picked up by Scotia, but uh, Davy Reed 
we were in, it was his father's shop in, in Edinburgh and um, Dave and I were in the same age group and he was we were super competitive you know it was always nip and tuck with Davey I think eventually I, I, I got the upper hand eventually but it was always always great battles and his dad was kind enough to sponsor me which was just phenomenal getting a bike and all the gear um, and being looked after uh, yeah and then you kind of slowly made your way down to England, right? So it would probably take a couple of years, like 83, probably the first time you came in on the scene. Well, the story about the season finished and my dad was... Um, and this is just racing in Scotland, right? Yeah, yeah. My dad, we decided, I can't remember how it came about, but we started travelling from Glasgow on a Sunday morning and racing in the northwest. And that's where I race against people like Brian Beveridge and Damien Miles would be there because he was from the northwest. We used to ride Barton... Uh, Chorley. Um, I've seen these pictures of shown up. Yeah, I yeah. think it's actually Brian that might have posted them. Yeah, yeah. and I used to, yeah, um, so I used to ride the winter series there, and um, Ribby Hall. R Ribby Hall, what a track, what a downhill yeah. start. Um, that, that sort of escalated from there, which then led to starting to do nationals. My dad was kind enough that he, he wrote to. Jeff Barraclough and asked for a sponsorship and Jeff I said yeah I'll give you a, a sponsorship so I was taken up by GT um, and it sort of escalated from there and then we I think the first big race I won was, was Pontins remember Pontins yes 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 that was um, was that the first time you raced some kind of some of the guys from further down south um, and you won that right yeah I was Jared, Jared, was it Jared Potter yeah, yeah I think I passed him down the final straight on you, it's just, it's just I think back. And then, um, He'd have probably like, who's this? Yeah, yeah, it was. I was obviously unknown. Just rock up and blast away. Can you remember your first national? Um. Oh, you ask me questions now. We should give me a, a precursor to all these questions. <laughs> um, and if, if I'm honest, no, I, I can't really remember my first national. Um, I just know that. Um, it might have been up Newcastle way. But all, all, all I remember is turning up there and you, you had Wayne Llewellyn, who was two or three times European champion, and uh, Lee Flavin, who was like a, a man mountain thighs, like yeah. Simon Hayes, Dina Dioles. And it was like, oh my, look at these, these are the top riders in the country. And I'm. Had you, or did you know who they were? You just scoped them out in the magazines and yes, stuff? Oh, yeah, I, I, so I, you kind of knew what you were like, yeah. I, I knew exactly. And did you like coming like I want to beat these guys, or you had still put them put them higher on the pedestal? You think where? No, no, no Dale, you got to be in it to win it, mate. Yeah, that's good. I'd, I'd already raced Wayne because I knew Wayne because um, Amico Mongus came up and raced in Edinburgh. Um, obviously, just touring the country, and Andy Duffel came up and. I remember seeing that in action by yeah, and Stu Diggins was there. He I think he was right for Kuhar. And the Scottish guy passed him on the last straight. Scott McGregor. Scott McGregor. Yeah, there's a Scott, picture. Scott McGregor. He was sponsored by Scotia as well. Yeah, but actually, and I nearly caught Wayne as well on the line, but he just because the last straight was a big drag race, you know, and it was just like I was riding for my life. But Wayne was just a phenomenal, phenomenal rider. He really was um, hard to catch at times when he was in his in his prime. But still, he must have like kind of scoped you out from that particular race, right? And then probably oh, from there, from then on, yeah. we we were friends, but yeah. it was always that 
you know, you know yourself, you always hold a little bit back because you're, that's your rival, that's your, yes. your main competitor. And I knew he was the man to take down. And um, eventually I did. And it would be some great battles. And, and, and unfortunately he gave up. I can't remember how he, well, why he gave up. Or, um, he gave up probably around Slough Wars. He did, a, just, I think, just, 1986. He kind of wrapped it up. Yes. I don't know whether he, he'd got into other things or, or what, or, but... I was starting to beat him, and he, we were having some cracking races. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I don't know whether, I don't know, it would be nice to talk to Wayne. Yeah, no, we hope at some point we'll, we'll, we'll chat to Wayne. Let's talk a little bit, I think, for me personally, you as a year age group above me, and um, we probably started the same kind of time, started, you know, I was doing Nationals 83, 84, and that's where uh, I think the first time I saw you, you got a BMX action bike. Uh, me and my bike if you remember that you had an interview on the last page and there's a picture of you and i'll put it with this podcast kind of like low and tucked over the back on gt and uh, that was the first kind of interview i saw of you and kind of read about you you yeah, remember that that that, that, tra- that was a north northwest track okay that was um i think you do have a north 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 northwest uh, uh, mxa number on yeah it might have been it was a 443 i think the number was if i remember right and it was all numbers made by myself yeah so i used to do all the, my, i used to just sit in my bedroom doing the decals because i couldn't afford them <laughs> um joking uh that was that might, that might have been ribby hall actually yeah yeah i think it might that picture might from ribby hall so you started to get in the magazines obviously you came down south and the, the, everybody used to say at the time you know this guy from scotland is coming down on the train so you would come down like Saturday, would you, or Sunday morning, and then train back home for school on Monday? Yes. Um, I, was, I used to get a train on a Friday night. My dad used to drop me off at Glasgow Central. Um, I used to basically have to run home from school, grab my pre-packed bags, <laughs> my bike, jump on the train into Glasgow Central, meet my dad, who was a, a policeman at the time, motorbike policeman, and, and we'd meet at Glasgow Central, and, and he would obviously see me off and wave goodbye, and... Um, and then I'd get, I'd get picked up whatever, whatever part of the country it was there'd, there'd be somebody that would pick me up whether it be Tony Scott or Bernard Williams uh, Fred Hunter oh wow yeah um, Ron Peters mm-hmm. um, uh, so many names to, to try and remember uh, Tony Scott would, would uh, Lynx Racing yeah um, but then there was there was a stage actually as well where I I, I came down and um Fred Hunter, um, who's running the GT Drumfield Demons, Drumfield Demons at the time, right? Yes, he he uh, owned um, trunks, lorries, cabs, and after, and he rented them out to a company called RDB. So I would leave Glasgow on the Friday after after school in, in a truck and travel down to the Sheffield base in, in, in this truck with a my bike strapped strapped in the back of the the trailer and um, arrive at Fred Hunter's at three o'clock in the morning and sometimes I would actually get a lift in, in, the, in the cab with the, my bike stood upright outside <laughs> on the fifth wheel. Right. It was a quite a bizarre, obviously we didn't have a mobile phone to take a picture of it then, but to see your, your bike oh wedged yeah. wedge in the fifth wheel of this whacking great Scania yeah. um, was uh, quite funny but um, so I had a lot to thank Fred Hunter for and his boys and his wife Paula. But yes, I, I spent a lot of time on trains and sleep. I used to sleep a train back as well sometimes, depending on where the timing of the race. So I could then arrive at Glasgow at six o'clock in the morning. Dad would pick me up, go on for an hour, kip, and go to school. Wow. And then just sit in school, sort of zombified, thinking about what a great weekend it had or what yeah. a bad weekend it had. And oh, it was normally a good one, I think. Doodle on 
my back of my Jotters BMXs and uh-huh. and practice signatures. <laughs> right. Daft things like that you did when you were 14, 15, trying to conquer the world on a bike, you know. And then you soon got on Yes, right? So that kind of came along after GT, right? Which was probably a full factory right then, right? Well, I mean, GT was, but well, Yes G- was... GT, GT was, was, well, it was quite, quite, I don't know if it was full factory or not, because I don't know what, what other people, what deals other people got. But unfortunately, I did the wrong thing, if I'm honest, and I sort of regret doing it. But Bob Simpson approached me at Olympia, and um, I'd already knew Bob and the Yes team, and um, and he just said, look, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. And then, and I literally swapped gear, all my gear that day, and, and rode for Yes at Olympia. Oh, right, I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, I know, I, I, it was really the wrong thing to do, but GT was never a written contract, and... Um, I was young and, and probably did the wrong thing, but it's, it's, you learn from that. You know, I wouldn't do it now, but it was it was, it was the deal I couldn't turn down. And so sort of the green-eyed monster was like, I can get by, I can get travel expenses, I can get a bit of cash for win races. You know, there was it was a lot of money then. Yeah, it's a good deal. It was. It was a very good deal. And you'd have only been about thirteen then, right? Um, you got on yes, thirteen. I was a fourteen, maybe fourteen. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, it's just it's eighty-five. You yeah. was fourteen. I was thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, yes, yes, looked after me. Bob Simpson was a great guy, and meeting Dean Hemmings, because yes, mo- uh, yes, helmets were owned by Motorcycle City in Farnborough. It was a massive um, bike shop, and Dean Hemmings and, and his dad were the, the owners, and, and they, um, yeah. It was a pretty star-studded team, you know, you had, there was a Suzuki team as well. Yes. Um, but you'd have, like, Melanie Volvel was on Suzuki, and then, yes, there's obviously you, Gary Llewellyn. You know, obviously, big name. Nicky Matthews. Nicky Matthews, yeah. Just a real... right, it just brought back memories of Barcelona. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Travelling out in the coach with, with Nicky Matthews and Gary Llewellyn on the coach. It was just carnage at times, you know. Right. No wonder I didn't perform in Barcelona. That's a different story. <laughs> so then the next couple of years, you know, like say 84 going into 85, you started winning nationals. You started competing and, 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 and yeah, battling with Wayne. So how, how did... How was that rivalry and, uh, yeah, kind of battling with him for a couple of years and alongside everybody was, else, yeah, Simon, a, Dean, everybody? It was intense um, because it was, it was an, I know you, you, you see the age group above was the age group of death. Because but was, so was yours, yes. <coughs> yeah. There's no doubt about it. They had phenomenal riders above and they were also tight. But we had, we had a, a Just hard the same, age yeah. group as well. Yeah. But I think what happened really was Wayne was head and shoulders above everybody because he was head and shoulders above everybody. Yeah. And um, he just dragged us all along and I was determined to, 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 to be as quick as him and to be as good as him. And me and my dad, we spent hours training and he pushed and pushed me and helped. And um, I eventually started, I remember me and my dad, and he, he still we still talk about this, we went to Heron Bay, drove all the way to Heron Bay from, from Glasgow. Oh. Yeah, and... Uh, that was a rain race, right? Oh, you, oh, yeah. you remember? Oh. I wasn't there, but I remember reading about it in the magazines. Yeah, it was you mud would, one you, you would not believe the volume of water on that track that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, came to the final. I, I can only remember the final. Came to the final. I think it was the second last berm. It was a 180-degree turn. And I just banked it around the top. Just kept My dad just kept saying to me, I remember, I'm sure he said to me, just keep the dry, look for the dry lines. Don't go all t- Just look for dry line. Look for traction. And I went straight around the top of this berm and flew past them. And one, one, uh, one national, and I was like, I'll just beat Wayne Llewellyn. Right. And then the belief started to come. And whether that started to play in Wayne's mind, I don't know. I'd like to ask him, but, or whether he started to fall out of love with the sport, I don't know. 
but it's always and I know from experience it's always difficult when you and you must know this when you when you dominate an age group and then somebody comes along and starts to beat you yes. it does play havoc with your mind oh absolutely it's, it's, yeah. and you just you know you, you, you either have that mental fortitude to battle on through and become better yourself or or you sort of crumble um, but I'd be love to, to see you win side of why he gave up because it's such a shame because he was a force of nature you both but, I mean watching old videos and we've, we've talked about it on numerous podcasts uh, you know, on top of Wayne's size, and he wasn't just like a big powerhouse. He was technically oh. really good as well. He would pick up for jumps and pedal on the downside, stuff that the superclass guys and the older experts weren't doing. Yeah, and this is what um, I had to do yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to beat him. So um, we'll probably come to it. And I'll, I'll, anyway, I'll tell you a couple of things about how I won certain races because of the, that was probably surely because I was riding with Wayne Llewellyn, who was... Yeah, yeah. Who was... You know, I used to watch him, and, and yeah, and his his brother Gary was another one who was technically just yeah above everybody. Yeah, long they really he was, were. He was he was Gary was truly gifted. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I I, I, I thought Gary was a great bloke. Yeah, yeah. When he, when he was in the right headspace. Yeah. Um, and he was just great to watch. I mean, he, oh, yeah, the both of them, brilliant, brilliant riders. How did Wayne react when you started beating him? Like I say, you guys went head to head. Was he still cool? Were you friends, or did it kind of go a little bit? You know, we, we never, we were never, we were never busy buddies. But it, it just was what it was. We just yeah. had respect for each other, and there was never any like weird conversations or like you mad at each other or nothing. No, like no, just, no, you, you, no, you because, res- no, because you both wanted the same thing. Well, there was never any. Um, no, that wasn't in me. I was just, you, there was never any any problems. Yeah. I don't think I had any problems. The only person I ever really disliked racing was the man who wore the pink helmet, um, Eric Minozzi. Oh, in Superclass? Yeah, he, well, he, he, got, he got up my, he wound me up. He, he, he got under my skin and I think he did it purposely. Right. Well, um, well, let's get into that because just <laughs> before we get to Superclass, I want to finish off your amateur career. And uh, yeah, you did great things in Superclass as well, being so young as well. Um, I think 1985, obviously, you'd done Kellogg's. You'd won some events there. You won some of the rounds of the Kellogg's. Uh, you know, you battled, you said, Barcelona European Championships. It didn't go good for you that week. And another English guy, obviously, Simon Hayes, won that one. So even if you weren't winning, it was pretty much another guy from England that was... Dean Idiot again, another guy that was winning European Championships and, and, and making world mains and stuff. And that, But it seemed like um, going into 96, that's when you really came into, into your own. You was known as... as uh, they always said you was, you was doing weights young and you were strong and training. So maybe took us a little bit about your training, yeah. I was, I was, I was, um, I always remember seeing Dad in stock and looking at him and thinking, it's a beast of a boy, look at his size of me, and he, you know, he was just huge, and he, he did love himself a little bit, Dad, and, but <laughs> he'd, he'd every right to, he was a handsome guy, you know, right. <laughs> and I just thought, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing weights, and uh, I got a, a, a sort of co-sponsor in Glasgow, from a, a gym in Glasgow, my dad got old, got my co-sponsor, and, and so I could use the gym for, for, for nothing, so I used to cycle, to Deniston, half hour on my dad's Flying Scotsman, which is a race bike. Cycle there, do my circuits with my trainer, um, his name escapes me, oh, it will come to me, um, and then cycle back home. And then at one stage, um, my trainer said, Andy, he said, do you want to go in for Britain's Strongest Schoolboy? So what's that? What's that all about? He said, that's cleaning, it's a basic cleaning jerk. 
not the snatching jerk, the cleaning jerk, like, like, like Olympic weightlifting. Mm-hmm. He said, we'll do, it as, we'll do it as a bit of fun. Um, it's, it's basically strength conditioning. You know, it's, we're going to be pushing some heavy weights. As long as it's doing your circuits, I spoke to my dad. Dad said, yeah, go for it. So yeah, I was basically trained and I went in for the competition. So I was doing a lot of deadlifting and front squats, deep squats, um, just pure power training. Um, and the front squats were just... I reckon it's what helped me become so good at starting because you see, we did. It took worked. me another ten years to know about any of that stuff. You know, you know? so I, you I, really ahead of the, a lot of people oh, back oh, then I, doing I, that. When, yeah. I, when I wasn't when I wasn't at the gym doing that, my dad, my dad would take me probably once a week to a track. We've got different tracks around Scotland, and take other lads with us at times, just, and just try different tra- different venues, uh, and then my dad bought me a set of rollers as well. So I'd, I'd be out with my, my mates playing on the bikes down at Hamden Park or whatever. And, I said, I've got to go now, lads, where are you going? I'm going home to train. You're joking. And I'd sit in the garage on my rollers with my dad's old radio on and just cycle for half an hour flat out on a set of rollers. Um, and then my dad then got built me, got made for me at my own start gate. So we used to take the start gate down to Hamden Park and just sit on the gate. And my dad would say nothing and just drop the gate. And you had to go as quickly as you could, obviously. Um... So yeah, I was, I was, I was when I was uh, that age, f- fourteen, fifteen, or well, fifteen, I was deadlifting one fifty, and I managed to clean and jerk, near on a hundred kilos above my head. But it was pure technique, if I'm honest. But so yes, I was, I was, I was pushing static weights that nobody knew about. Um, yeah, and because it wasn't. Anybody's businesses. Yeah, and no, like I say, nobody really clicked into that. I mean, we and then obviously your first straight was absolutely un- unbelievable. Uh, you always had a good, good form, good gait. But '96, '86, um, sorry, years are slipping by me. It was was the year you won. You said we said earlier, UK BMX number one, NBMXA number one, European Championships, and then you won the Slough World. So tell us a little about that whole '86 year. <laughs> especially going into Slough and going into Germany as well for the Euros it's two uh, huge uh, events 86 um, nothing went wrong you know I, I was I was quite <laughs> prone to crashing because I was never the most technically gifted rider you know I, Winnie used to call me Stiffback Eddie Stiffback you know <laughs> he was always ripping into me um, when he was bless God rest him um, but no I was just training hard and, and just focused and um, I just believed in myself that year. Um, I knew I had the capability. The things went right. Um, and Germany was went to Germany. It was just such a phenomenal track, wasn't it? Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ahead of its its time, wasn't it? Yes. And because it was designed by Germans, obviously, they had uh, people in who built roads to, to, to design the track or to do the, the substructure to the track and people who laid was it tennis courts to do the top layer of the track and then remember the gate was a, a metal grid mm-hmm. so if it rained you yeah. weren't you weren't going to wheel spin right so that just um and i knew i knew it was going to be a tough race because uh, and wayne wasn't there which to be honest detracted a little bit for for me because i thought i wanted wayne there i wanted to take his crown yeah unfortunately he wasn't there and you got to be in it to win it so yeah um and I knew Frank, Frank Roman. Frank Roman, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the second. He got second he, behind he you. Was, he was on fire, and he was technically gifted. And French riders were all technically gifted. Yeah. And I knew I had to pull something out of the bag. And in the final, I got a great start. But um, and I remember, I remember coming over that first jump, and I hadn't done it all day. 
and I pedal through the first jump. Yes. So if you see, there's, a, see picture, the video, there's yeah. a picture of me. Yes. And you can see the, the, the yes. crank arms are at 90 degree or mm. perpendicular to the top of the jump. And you can see the dirt spinning off the back wheel where I just took the chance to... Yes. Knowing that that extra half... It was all about, oh, as Dave Brailsford said, fine margins, wasn't it? Just to get to the front, mm-hmm. to the first corner, first and, and then dominate the race. Because I used to like to dominate and sit down and... Right. You know, um, and have a look around and go again. But Frank, he chased me. He tried on every turn, didn't he? Oh, it was, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was such. It was. Yeah, it he, was, yeah he, he had a chance of taking me out, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. When you look back, you think, oh, "What a plonker!" Right. I, if it had been me, I'd have put him over the top of the berm. Right. But he didn't, and he. he so fair play to him. Um, yeah, yeah. And, a great rider. He went on to a great career in mountain biking as well. One of those oh, early oh, oh, downhill was, guys on yeah. Cannondale, and one of those early big names in the nineties when a lot but, of the guys transferred. Good rider. But these, these, you know, I was. Oh, so these boys are actually probably better riders than I was but I just had power mm-hmm. to spare and uh, that your gate was so efficient and just you didn't yeah, just slow down and just you just come out second one two three you know just yeah, like, even today people would, would would want that start you know because it was all about efficiency and, and just no one went to hold back so in the, in the world final I just held back a little bit I didn't want to go too soon because I know you could flip the gate and I just knew that second and third pedal just... Yeah. So if you watch that that final, I didn't get the best start. I wasn't... Was only... And this is lane eight as well. It's lane eight. Yes. Knowing fine what Again, the first and second jumps, it's, uh, you watch the video. There's a video from the first corner looking down at the start. Yeah. And I actually went a bit squirrely over the first jump where I was I pedal through the first jump as well. Yeah. Just because I knew I needed to get there. And the bike... But I held it. And, yeah. And then I knew that... Dean was in. The, I knew Dean was in the final. And Dean was. It was. He was just like pain in the ass because he was such a good rider. Yeah, very he, he, race he, smart. He, oh yes, yeah, he, yeah. He was like, he was our version of Tom Lynch in my book. Him and yes. Simon Hayes were so squirrely they could just appear from nowhere and just outride you. Yes, because he was on skinny wheels. But um, um, but then I had, I had Ryan Luber chase. Ryan Ladybird from Holland. Yeah, he, he, Hutch, he, yeah. He was chasing me, but I'd I'd, I'd practice all with these boys the week before and. I knew I could outdrag all of them. Mm-hmm. So it was, to me, that's why if you if you watch the video, I have a little sit down and went over the tabletop and have a wee look round to see where where he was. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I've got you exactly where I want you. Um, but the story leading up to that was the week before. Remember the week before it was manual start, manual gates. Everybody's yeah. there putting. I hunted out the American Brad Birdwell. I, hunted, Bradwell. I yes. hunted him out right. Yeah, clocked who he was and I thought, right, that's my main competition because the Americans were always the best. Mm. He had no idea who I was again. Yeah, because I didn't have any race gear on. Right, and I did start after start after start with him, and I just started beating him all the time. He must have been tripping. And then he didn't know who I was. Right. And then he came up yeah. and spoke to me and I told him who I was and he went, "You're in my age group." Yeah. And that was it. I was in. His, I was in his head. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, unfortunately, he, unfortunately, he fell in the quarterfinals, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So we never got. To, I never actually got to race him. So again, Wayne not being at Europe, Brad not being in the final, sort of detracted a little bit from those finals psychologically. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Wins um, a win. Yeah, yeah, doesn't, that's true. But doesn't matter who was in it, who didn't make it. Um, and also, the world's played in my my hand. Been age on the day, I had a late birthday, so again, I felt. But the, it was it was a bit of a shame, but not a shame. But I was racing the boys at the age group below me, really. Yeah. So and Neil Wood, Neil Wood didn't make the final. So psychologically, I was, yeah. I was in such a good place. Yeah. And also, I told you this before. <clears throat> my dad introduced me to biorhythms, which are Japanese things, and I checked my biorhythms before 
the world finals. And there's three graphs to do with health and happiness, and and it was it was all perfect. It just again cycle. I'm thinking this is my time, and um, it happened, you know. And, and then I, I, I didn't I didn't see that video until uh, 15 years ago, and Chris Hoy sent it through to my daughter. Right. I think your dad would like to see this. Chris has got. Ah, uh, so Coley did that. Chris yeah. got it from Jamie Staff. Right. And then Chris, they'd obviously been talking about you, then, aren't they? When Jamie was doing track. Yeah. yeah so they then sent it because Caitlin had been in contact with with Chris about. She saw an interview with Chris Hoy, that Andy Welsh used to be, was his hero, and yeah. And Caitlin seen Chris win the Olympics and said, yeah. "Oh, dad." So she she contacted yes. Chris and Chris oh, sent back some and, and his dad sent back some lovely emails to my daughter. You probably remember his dad, don't you? Oh yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was always by. He was Chris's driving force, obviously, as you know, like mm-hmm. like my dad was for me. That's probably part of the reason why my career went downhill when I left after I left home because I didn't have that. Uh-huh. You know the um. No, coming back to to the. So I saw the I saw the final at Slough, obviously through the help Chris sent it to to my daughter. Mm-hmm. I remember sat there watching it that night, and I thought, and I didn't realise what happened around that final berm where I just opened up the taps, and if you watch it, I just accelerated away from from Ryan. Yeah, and must have sat down on my backside. Well, 10 you put your you put your arm up way before the finish because you knew you had it. You I jumped know, the last I, jump, and but, uh, but when my dad saw the video. Like, why he, don't you stop he said, him? I told you never to stop <laughs> before. Like, Do you remember the race at Barton? I think it was Barton, my dad will tell you. Right. I sat down before the line at Barton and uh, Brian Beveridge passed me and my dad was furious with me, which he had every right to me because, he, he, you know, and, I, and, and so he took, when he saw the video, he told me off, but it was a bit of, it was, yeah. the race was one, but it, it was, but it was, but to have watched that all those years later was just. Yeah, and for Chris Hoy to send you the link. I, I know, mean, what, how, what, how cool what, is that? Yeah, um, I've got, I've got another story I'll tell you about after the podcast about Chris. That recently, he's been in Madrid doing um, a talk uh, in one of my neighbours out there. And I'll tell you the story later. I don't believe yeah. it. No, tell us now, yeah. No, so yeah. Um, Chris was out there talking, um, motivational speaking yeah. uh, to Smith Klein. He does a lot of stuff like that, yeah, yes. yeah. And um, an old neighbour of mine put his hand up and said, We've got a mutual friend. Right. Um, and, and Andy Welsh and I haven't seen my neighbour to find out exactly what was said I can show you the texts and the, Chris then went on to speak about yes Slough 86 um, what exactly he said I'm not sure because I don't even remember Slough 86 I rode for England and I was booed by the Scottish fans unfortunately because they they didn't understand why I was not racing for Scotland mm-hmm. but the reason I rode for England was to open up Another place for a Scottish, so you could have eight riders from in the, from the Scottish nationals riding, and I, I would I would I would basically take the place of an Englishman. No, not no disrespect to the English, but because mm-hmm. my mother was English or is English, um, so they didn't they, they thought I was just riding things because I wanted. I would, oh, I was, I was riding for myself. Mm-hmm. I just had an E in my number plate. Um, so that was that was quite sad being booed my first and second motors until like of Tony Scott, Mark Fryer. Um, Big, oh, what's his name? God, forget. Alan Sop. Yes, yeah, um, and Joe. Some, they all went and had to have a word with the Scots. But explain to them, you know, this this is not cricket. No. Um, so no, I didn't ride for it. I rode for myself. I was trying to do a. 
Scottish Rider a favour. And I sat down, I remember talking to my dad about it, I don't know if he remembers, but we decided this is the best way for Let's open up a chance for yeah. the number so you, nine rider in Scotland yeah. to come so down you're, For you riding for England, yeah, it opens up. So I think at the time only eight riders could go exactly. per age group. And obviously being in England, yeah. all the Scottish guys were going to come down for the first world. So yes, you yeah. give an opportunity for yeah, the number nine or ten guys to come down and race. That's what it was about. Um, I don't know if ever, it, people ever... No. I don't know, but it's, it's always a bug me a little bit. And I just people listen to this. That's why I did it. Yeah. It wasn't because I wanted to ride for England. It was because BMX is riding for yourself. It's an individual sport. Yeah. Um, if it'd been about nationality, then I'd, I'd have been riding for Scotland because that's where I was born. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So amazing day winning that. So after you won that, how did you? How you know? How did? How did? How did you feel? First of all, winning that. It's, I mean, obviously, just amazing. It's something not many people can ever say. And it no, was such a great atmosphere there. Let's say watching the video, the people still talk about Slough Worlds. Even you know some of the Americans that came out still spoke about and stuff. So well, Slough um, Worlds was was on par with. Remember the Hounslow, the twelve hundred riders at Hounslow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was that sort of yeah, huge. Huge, and, and some of the, the NBMXA nationals were huge as well, and yeah. a lot of UK riders never saw that because they never came for some reason. But the atmosphere, it was just phenomenal. But I think when you're that age, um, it was good to be world champion. It means more to me now mm -hmm. than then. Yeah, yeah. Because I think when you're that age, you just take things for granted. Yeah, yeah, move on to the next and, one. And I felt, because I was... Because I was um, age in the day, and... Brad wasn't in the final, and, and I, maybe I was always looking for excuses for the reason I won. Instead of now thinking, mm. well, I won because... No, you won because you were the fastest guy. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I was... And this, this one certain person once said to me, you only, you, I'm not going to name his name, but he said to me, he said, you only won the Worlds because Wayne wasn't there. And I thought, you plonker. Yeah. Wayne was in a different age group. Yeah. Because he didn't, he, he didn't look at the facts and figures. No. Um... It's a no. shame Wayne wasn't there because he could have he could have won that age. He well, that. he was there. He, he went out in the early rounds okay. in the next stage group. Yeah, and I think that was kind of coming to it. You like say Wayne was kind of winding it down after then, and like oh. say it would be great to talk to him to find out if he was really motivated or not. But yeah, he he actually went out in the in the in the age group above but you no, it's, it's pretty like, early. So, yeah, but it's like, so now when BMX is sort of more rec, no, it's more there's more respect now for BMX than there was back in the day for some reason because it's now televised it's in the Olympics mm -hmm. so when I when I speak to people and it, 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 sometimes this gets mentioned oh, I didn't realise you're a world champion mm -hmm. why, why do you never talk about it I said yeah. well, I can talk if you want to but it's not so you don't go around telling everybody yeah yeah just, well you're what, a very humble guy well, it's just yes, one of these yes, things I said, yes. I said, and then they say and I said well actually I was actually a European champion as well oh I'm British yeah. and UK no. Yep. Yeah, I did. The, I did the slam before Tiger. Yeah, yeah, you really did. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it was. A, it was a brilliant year. It, it was. Um, unfortunately, my dad wasn't at German Weiterstadt in Germany. He wasn't there, and he wasn't at Slough because it was getting to the point. Whenever my dad would watch me, I tried too hard. Mm -hmm. he, he once came to watch me play basketball for the for the school team, and I was captain. And I was sent off within five minutes for four fouls, <laughs> or five fouls, and because my dad, so we we made the collective, or he made the decision, I'm not going to come, because I want you to focus. And uh, I was, I think that was the reason, unless it's it it something not telling me. But so I remember winning it, and there was no bell, no mobile phones then, and I had to go and cycle off and find a phone box. Right, and call him. And I found, I remember cycling through the park back up towards Slough, 
and there was a phone box and I rang my dad up and told him and next thing you know he's telling all the bloody Glasgow press <laughs> oh he's <laughs> proud, I, I, proud dad I know and ended up being on page three right of the and back in the day there was page three wasn't there yes I ended up being on page three of the uh, of the Glasgow Evening Times which is one of the, quite a big paper in Glasgow and a picture of me holding a trophy and doing a wheelie right <clears throat> and it's oh, Andy we're world champion blah blah and I've, I was like, oh, God, Dad, look, you've, you know, quite, not embarrassed, but you just... Yeah. I remember going to school the following day, and Mrs. Strachan, my English teacher, had cut this article out, put it on a piece of pink card, mm-hmm. cut it into a love heart, and put it above the blackboard saying, Andy, we love you. Right. <laughs> so I walked in the class, and everybody started cheering, because people didn't know. No, I think we kept it. I think that was just the culture back then. You just yeah. you just go back home to school and keep quiet about whatever you did that weekend, you know. Yeah, because nobody knew. I, I, I never because they all knew I was doing BMX, but nobody was into it. Nobody, the people I, I raced with in Glasgow, I, I didn't, I wasn't seeing them anymore, and I was just keeping myself to myself and didn't. There was nobody in, in, in my school to talk really to talk to about yeah. because the the boys I did race with had left school and and they'd fallen away from the sport, and I was really focusing on myself and just be, becoming trying to become the best and, and and luckily i was for a wee while well you had <laughs> you had an amazing 86 um 1987 you then went at still only 16 years old you probably turned 16 a few months later you went from um you went straight into superclass and went head to head with mr tom lynch so tell, oh, tell us a little bit about oh, that tommy, yeah. tommy boy yeah yeah that that was that was that was quite a sad time for me because not sad because let me explain when I did the BMX, my dad was very rarely at any English nationals because of obviously, you know, it just wasn't financially viable because there's a, a lot of money to come, especially two of us, and I had people looking after me. So I had many mentors, many people I could go to as a father figure. And, you know, there was people like Ron Peters, Bernard Williams, Fred Hunter, um, and there was... Uh, Tony Scott, Mark Fryer, these are all men who would put a hand around my shoulder. And, and, and there was Tom's dad, Big Tom. Because mm-hmm. obviously he was Scottish as well, right? Yeah, and he, I, I, we, we got on and he would come up to me. He just always seemed to say, he's like my dad, he always said the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. So that that died off because I was now toe to toe with his son. Yes. And it was an intense rivalry. Uh, Tom and I were still friends yeah there's nothing like that respected each other but you had good battles but, but it was you know and he won it on the last race and i, I think i think i don't maybe tell me disagree but i think i, I outgated him in every single national that year because i was flying but tom's racecraft and his his nimbleness he used to come around around berms for fun and go past me where are you going <laughs> <laughs> because i just didn't it wasn't as te- and you know I, I should have spent more time learning the whole track right. you know what i was like we were like they we just wanted to get to the first jump first, yeah, and that was yeah. it. The rest of the track will come later. Yeah, just hang and, on. And, and um, so th- that was, yeah, to get beaten by Tom was, it was what it was. Tom was a better, he wanted he was a better rider that year. Um, but I was the better rider in Orlando. Yeah, so let's talk a little about that. The same year, so obviously World Championships, uh, 1987, Orlando, Florida. Again, you're only still only 16 years old. And you're in super class, and you actually go through the rounds, win the semi-final. Mike King wins the other semi-final, and so you're going to go up on the gate against, uh, you know, obviously Mike King. You probably had posters of him on your wall and stuff. No, I didn't have his brother, right. Eddie. Right. But I was, I didn't know much about Mike. But because he was a king, I'm thinking, oh God, Mike King. Right. If I can take, if I can take this scalp, 
and I'll go down in legend, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, get, and you know what happened next, don't you? Yeah, and we've all, <laughs> a lot of us have seen the video. We t- still talk and laugh about it. Andy, actually, if you go back and watch the uh, 87 Worlds final, Andy actually flipped the gate in the main and next to the TV, and you can actually hear you shout, fuck, as you uh, I, stamp, I, I stamp. Didn't, I didn't blaspheme, don't tell my father I said right. that. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I was, I was, I got two years in a row, I got, right. the, I got the outside gate, because that... It was the other way around, yeah. It was actually laying once. I pulled, yes. pulled out... You again, couldn't, you couldn't make this up. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Lane it again. Lane it again, and and uh, I just I went too early. I just knew I had to, I had to uh, um, go, um, and I knew I had, I knew I had I had the beating of him. Yeah. Because that remember the last jump on the right hand side was like a tabletop with a lip on it. Yeah. And I, during practice, I'd mastered. I could pull up and get my front wheel over the top of that lip. Yeah. And then yeah, man, yeah, man yeah, yeah. down. And I knew I had to do that to win the race. So I'd, I'd, I'd sort of worked out what points, if I was second, how I was going to pass Mike. Um, but obviously it never happened. They went over the over the blade. It would have been great to see you guys two race. You know, there was Dave Cullen and was in that main as well. And obviously yeah, the uh, European uh, guys. I, I, stu- uh, I stuffed him in the motos, yeah. mate. And he came up with all sorts of excuses. <laughs> I mean, whatever, Dave, whatever. Uh, I think he told me he got a collapsed lung at one, at one point. Um Oh, and another mentor of mine was Sonny Ives. Uh-huh. Could you remember the uh, the European Championship in Belgium? Yeah, so tell us about that again. Sixteen years old, you whole shot the Superclass final. Yeah, I was I was in lane one. Yeah, and do you know why? Do you know why? I, maybe I shouldn't tell a story. No, I can't. Sonny Ives, he was he was the, the um, starter. starter because I don't know where Les was. Um, the Sonny had kind of turned into the international starter, done it the year before yeah. in, in uh, Barcelona. And he came out again. He put his arm arm round me and he said, and because he did Sun Lee. Wasn't it Lee? Yeah, Lee Ives. And, 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 and the sister. daughter, yeah, Louise. I said Louise. And uh, Sonny was, again, was another man who'd look out for me. And he came up to his arm. He said, Andy. He said, because I, I, I said, oh, Sonny, I hate lights. I prefer looking at the gate. He said, look at the gate. And when I, what, what did he say? Riders ready, watch the lights. And he said, just listen to me, right? So watch the gate. And when I say watch the lights, at the end of lights, go. Go. Yeah. I said, you, he said, when I say lights, that gate will drop, and it did. And I went, and I, <laughs> I just came to the first corner too fast. Right, I just wiped out underneath me. But just, winning the super class, <laughs> which is basically the elite final at 16 years old, and you had um, again Eric Minosi was uh, the top guy in Europe in that class at the time. You had Xavier Redwar, you had all the Dutch Amev guys. Uh, Tom was in that final as well. Tom, was, he, was, he, was, he was a machine, wasn't he, Tom? Yeah, and Darren that, O'Neill was in that final as well, so three English, which was... I love racing Darren because he always had a great attitude, big smile on his face, yeah. his mum, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I remember I remember, I, I wiped out on that first corner because I came into the bend, bend, bend too quickly and just slid out like I normally did. And I remember crossing the finish line when the nose had won it and he just, just the way he looked at me. And smiled at me, and and, and he just <laughs> to, oh, I thought, oh, you horrible. Anyway, that's me being bitter where I shouldn't be because I I, I, I wanted to win it. <laughs> I say you're young and hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but no, Sonny was a a, a great. But I, 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 one more one more race I'd like to talk about was the race you beat me in. One of one of the final races was. So that had uh, been really me, nineteen eighty eight. So the, oh, the British Championship. The story, yeah, yeah, yeah. story goes there again. If you watch that final, I hadn't raced anybody that quick all day. Mm-hmm. I hadn't come anywhere near you, and I didn't know you were the man. And again, I got a flyer of a start. Yeah. And I was, I came down that first. Okay, race. this is running me then the MVMXA National. Yeah. I, I come down that. I come down that. 
uh, straight and I hadn't hit that first jump that quick all day because right. I, I, I had no need to. Right. And when you watch, I took off and I, I come down, I travelled so far, I come down in my, lying in my front wheel and got a bloody puncture. That was it, yeah. And I wiped yeah. out and then uh, that was... I was one of the times I want to find. I wanted to know if I could beat you. If, well, that wasn't just. I don't. I, I, <laughs> not just me. I just turned super class. But obviously, Neil Wood was in that final as well. Yeah, he was. He I was think monster, me. And, wasn't he? <laughs> me and Neil was following the. You know, we were both a year below you, but we we were following your your model and Tom's model the year before that. Young guy, hungry, just serious. Yeah. And then also you remember as well, and, and another guy we don't really talk about too much, but Kim Carbot was really good as well. He yes. was in that final. Yes, he, he was. Came yeah, from the yeah, he, size. he was Northwest rider as well. Yeah. Always enjoyed watching Kim. Yeah. Um, again, a great attitude and, and a lovely fellow. And, and Strong. Just, yeah. Um, just a typical NBMXA man where... NBMXA races always seem different to UK. They just seem a bit, bit, bit more pleasant, a bit more laid back. Not yeah. Even, maybe I was in. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's, it was more northern. Yes. Compared to southern, no disrespect. There's still to a lot South. of good guys though. Yeah. Oh, like Sean Field, another guy you battled with. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. An MBMXA, and Sean was uh, yeah. Again, we had some great battles, and his father was always really nice to me mm -hmm. because he just understood. I think that yeah. as a young a young man down from Scotland on his own, was he, and, and that was that was a thing. BMX was a, a community and a big family, you know. And you would everybody looked after everybody, and you know it was it was. Uh, it was quite something. It seemed like you were starting to wind it down then. Again, even though it was so young, what I always respected about you, you was known you had a full-time job. You was like a builder or something, weren't you, back then? Yeah, You yeah, was kind of yeah, yeah. working, I, I, you liked a beer, and uh, <coughs> yeah, yeah. it was, uh, I think you just had a good, hard-working, northern, tough guy attitude, you know, and it seemed like you had fun at the same time, right? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, because I, I moved I, I moved down, I got the opportunity of a job down south and, and to race more, um, but that was... Just, worked against me because my dad wasn't there to push me and I, and I, so I, I became an adult and I was doing what young men do going to the pub and, and right. uh, you know doing the you know dancing with the devil to a degree and, and just <laughs> growing up and learning yeah yeah um, and I, I, then Tony Scott stopped doing I, I started driving a sort of team bus with his taking his sons and whoever else where he'd jump in, the, jump in the, tran the, the transit but I think after after Orlando it, Falling off in Orlando and racing that in America, and, and coming back and racing at a rainy Gateshead. Yeah, was like, oh my, is this what BMX is all about in this country? Do I really want to do this? Mm -hmm. After being, I, you know, I wanted to go to America really, and exactly what you lot did. Mm -hmm. And I wish I'd, if I'd, I wish I'd maybe held on and gone with you. Yeah, but yeah. That, 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 what, what if? But it didn't happen. And um, so that, yeah. Orlando was a peak, and then it sort of just come down. Everything started to. Yeah. And then, then Tom beat me in the, in the final race, and I finished number two. And then I thought, the love was still there, but it was. And then people like Darren's gave up, and then Simon disappeared, Wayne disappeared. And certain the people who were really, I was with, close, were all disappearing. And, and it was a new sort of genre of people yeah and, no definitely it was a new era of guys coming through and these people weren't talking about things i was talking about it was uh, and, and yeah i just knew i had working and it was just becoming hard yeah and again this is a you know 98 1987 88 89 the industry had took a dip it was kind of the down period of of bmx for many more years even after that into the 90s so it's probably a bad time for you to 
to, to be so good just for the fact that there was no money and you obviously had to have a full-time job and let's say 16, 17, we're all juggling with, you know, life at the same time as well, you know, doing all the other fun stuff as well, so. Yeah, and not having, you know, I keep harping on about my, my dad because that, but he was a major influence and when you don't have those influences, you're like, you know, um, and you don't have the, the, the mental fortitude to push through on your own because you're so young, then it's just not going to happen unless yeah. you are totally dedicated. So I take my hat off to people like yourself who just love, you know, I still love the sport, but not to the intensity that you boys do. Um, you did come back in, in mid-90s. I remember we, I was living in the UK at the time. We're all getting ready for, you know, the Worlds in Brighton in 96. And so 95, uh, you showed up and you kind of shocked us all that, you know, when we started doing some local races and practicing out at Farnham quite a bit, you were still unbelievably fast and hard to beat down the first straight. So tell us a little bit about that, coming back and doing some races. Oh, Dale, I loved it. It was, it was, it was a nice time for And me. you just jumped on the gate and like, as if you hadn't, hadn't left, you know? Yeah, no. That first straight was still there. Gate was still there. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Um, and that, that was a big thank you to Carol Gosling for giving the opportunity and, and Darren, because Darren got me back into it and Carol gave me the bike and sponsored me. And uh, I think so. You're at Edwards, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the reason for that was because I was I was I was working hard. I was hard carrying. Um, I was still going to the gym. I was still working hard every day. You know, and still had that quick twitch muscle, I suppose. And absolutely, you did. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I just I loved I just loved gating. The arguments we used to have with Darren and, and Winnie about who the fastest starter was in the country. Um, and at the time, it was probably bloody Geff Shooter because he was so good. Yeah. He always used to analyse Geff's starts because if you watch Geff, his, his, his trailing foot was always locked right round, wrapped around the pedal. Yeah. It's almost like he was locked, he was clipped in. Yeah. So he was a little bit ahead of his time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he used to, yeah, and I just, I just used to love, just get that first jump first and just try and speed up. Just, yeah. Just, uh, pull up and try and pedal down the back of it and, and that was it. That would, that would do. That would, that, that. You know, that, that to me was a BMX race, mm-hmm. um, which obviously there's a lot more to it than that. But anyway, so yeah, I just, unfortunately, I didn't have the track craft. And like I said to you earlier, after trying to jump the doubles and then doubles again and hitting my head over the handlebars, was, no, this is, this is not me anymore. So, yeah, I still, when, the time, when you was there, you was, you was absolutely super fast again and like impressed all of us, you know. And uh, yeah, I just think it goes back to, yeah, just how, how, how much hard work and how just good you really was at. Um, so then, you know, you obviously, you did quit then. Did you then go on to watch, you know, the success of Chris Hoy and, and think, wow, maybe Velodrome, that could have been something good for you as well, right? Um, no, I, I, I didn't really watch much sport um, like that. Cycling just, I, I, I cycled myself. I, I didn't, Right. wasn't until a little bit later that. when I started, I thought, hold on, that's, that's Chris Hoy. I'm, We've been the same team together, and then I, st- yes, we, we I got into watching Chris, and, and, and then I saw, I thought, bloody hell, it's Jamie Staff, right? Yeah, Christ, and I said, I used to race against these boys. It seemed like Velodrome would have been perfect for you, and I thought, yeah, I could have done this, <laughs> I have, yeah. I don't know if I could have, um, uh, I would have loved to have given it a go. Craig McLean, did you know Craig? He came from BMX as well, he was another good track sprinter from Scotland. No, I, I, I don't yeah. think I did. There was some great, um, probably a bit younger than you, um, but no, I'd love to have given it a go, but unfortunately, it just wasn't to be. And, um, you know, fair play to Chris. He's, yeah. And his, his father was, you know, I would still see his father in the audience and, you know, just cheer on the morning. Um, what a man. What a, and what a, what a lovely fellow. 
what about um so do you still keep an eye on bmx do you follow it or you know the last i don't know 10 20 years like i say you've been gone a long time now do you still like to look in and see what's going on i know you still talk to some of the guys and stuff darren wood you're friends with and um in, intermittently i might just go on on, on online and just see i, I remember watching mary stromberg right and um thinking that is a phenomenal rider yeah and he reminded me of you yes he reminded me of you he was just (laughs) so powerful and um and then yeah i've I've been a couple of races down the years is it cheddar gorge Mm -hmm. went there one year you weren't you weren't there Mm -hmm. um went down to watch there i bumped into billy Wright and saw carol gosling but Mm um to be honest i've got young children my Sundays and Saturdays and Sundays and I'll, I'll, build, I'll keep developing my house. Um, I spent, I've been spent with them watching my boys play football and rugby and, um, which is great fun. And on a Sunday afternoon, watching the boys beating each other up playing rugby and, and having a nice glass of beer and the sunshine is yeah. nothing, nothing better. No. And being proud of and and, and my boys, you know, they they look at me. Especially, uh, say Bailey, my youngest, when he when he hits a good tackle, he looks across and he's and it's exactly, your approval. <laughs> it's exactly what I used to do with my dad. Right, you look look at your dad. Yeah, so, yeah. And so does Andrew, and so does Ben. But Ben, my my middle boy, he he looks over, but he just smiles all the time. He loves it. He's just a great attitude. Uh, whereas Andrew and, and Bailey, uh, they're in to win it. They don't like losing. <laughs> we have no idea where they get it from. Um, I think, I think Darren wants to go for a curry. Yeah, I think all the boys are here. We're going to have a curry. Andy, that was absolutely amazing. Like, you know, Somebody I looked up to, like we talked earlier, I was talking to Clive a little bit earlier, and, and we was kind of saying as our era of riders came through, as the 80s guys, you know, the Ruffle and March guys kind of exited, it was you guys, you, Tom, and I know that what inspired me, probably inspired Neil Wood, and then obviously you got Jamie and Dylan was coming up a little bit behind, you know, age group, a, a few below me. So I think... For what you did at such a young age, you inspired so many people, and uh, you like say we still talk about Slough, you know, and and uh, it's still out there to watch. And I just think, um, yeah, yeah, very humble guy. And um, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just boys on bikes. Yeah, yeah. Boys on bikes. Who's the fastest? Would you, you know, when you before BMX, you'd, you'd ride up and down your, your your street on your rally arena. Yeah, I'm faster than you, you know, and and. Um, but no, it was, it was Tom. Tom sent the bench part by going up to Superclass at a young age. I thought that was yeah. a way, that, to me, that was a way forward. Because yeah. when, when you went when you went practicing, you always looked to try and ride with the people above you. Yes. Because they were quicker. Yeah. And then when I started riding against, and I, I knew I could beat these boys, I've got to go Superclass. Yeah. Um, and and we got, followed that model as they, uh, 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 Tom, you did it, then myself and Neil did it, then you got Anthony <laughs> Revel, Jamie Staff. Because I mean, you're fearless at that age. Yeah, you're fearless. Yeah. And, um, and Neil, I always remember Neil, Neil, Again, Neil was a monster of a rider, and um, I, remember, I remember I remember racing one year at Bournemouth, watching you and Jamie, and Jamie was so powerful. And I remember I think I said something to you, take this. I probably don't remember, but I told you to pedal, to pedal through a set of doubles. Right. Where Jamie was flying over them, and you just went right, and he, and he just gave you that edge on Jamie. And, and um, anyway, I mean, Dale, I could I could talk. Yeah, yeah. Remember, there's so many things now coming back. Well, we'll do it again. Um, like I say, there's oh. there's more. There's the story. Well, there's so much more to talk about. But I think we got a good nugget there, and I think <laughs> people will like it. Andy, it was great, great hanging out today. We're going to go and eat with the boys now. Yeah. Uh, it was good chatting. Yeah. And uh, thanks for doing so, this. No, thank you for uh, inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Any last words you want to shout out or anything to anybody? 
just like to say um, a great thank you to my father for buying my, my first Huffy Pro Thunder 1. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and then writing to Jeff Barraclough and um, just helping. He's, and my mum, Moira, for all her support because she had to put up with Dad taking me to a damp, wet... Northwest England on Sunday morning, but I've been at the house for twelve hours at a time. So, yeah, I'd like to thank them, and I have lots of people to thank. But anyway, deal, top man. Nice one, Andy. Cheers, everybody.